Hello and welcome again to the aid station. I'm absolutely delighted today to be traveling all the way to France to have a conversation with Pierre de Villeroy, the founder of NUCO. Hey Pierre, great to see you. How are you doing? I'm great. Hi Chris. Yeah, really great. And uh, thank you for having me. And uh, I've had a blast watching uh, the previous episodes. So I'm uh, really humbled and really happy to be here with you today. Oh, it's wonderful. You've got an amazing story. I, I'm, I'm inspired by what you've done with NUCO and I'd love uh, to give you the opportunity to start by just telling us a little bit about you and the NUCO story, please. Well, yeah. Um, so it started in 2012 uh, after it spent uh, about uh, eight years with one of the leading registration provider in our endurance space. And uh, I decided to start my own venture to uh, to, to build something that would be closer to participants' needs and even directors' needs. So when I founded NUCO, uh, I wanted it to be the, the first uh, ever white-labeled registration engine in our industry because I knew that it was critical for event directors, you know, to control their branding. And, uh, and I wanted to make sure that participants would feel safe so they wouldn't have to create an account and the data would never ever be owned by, by NUCO at, at any time. So we'd never ever do anything with these data except storing them and putting great features around them so that event directors can, you know, can, um, can work easily with them. And um, so we, we, we started from nothing in 2012 to, uh, to now a company of slightly more than 20 people. We have offices all around Europe. So France, uh, Italy, the UK and Germany. And uh, two and a half years ago, we started our operations in, in Southeast Asia with uh, an office in Hong Kong and more recently an office in Singapore. And to give you a quick idea of, of how, I mean, where NUCO is today, we are supporting about 4,000 events a year, uh, which is like a, an event opening every 90 minutes on the platform. And uh, we'll be doing, a, we'll be processing 27 currencies, something like that, in 17 languages. You know, it's totally crazy, wow. and uh, it's good fun. It's been a no. It's been it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. And you were telling me when we spoke a couple of weeks ago that you went when when you kind of really realized the impact of uh, impact of COVID nineteen that you'd gone from I think you were saying something like fifteen thousand registrations an hour a day to <laughs> hundred and fifty. You literally fell off a cliff in the space of twenty four hours. It was insane. Like, yeah, we were training in March. We usually train around, yeah, 15,000 regs a day, you know, more or less that. And within 48 hours, it dropped to 150. And we've been stuck at 150 registrations a day since. It's completely crazy. I mean, wow. people just don't sign up anymore. Even if we've got loads of events that are live for September, October, and even November, people just, just don't feel like signing up, which I totally understand, you know. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's not the priority today. And so, but yeah, it was completely mental. Wow. And, uh, and it's such a reflection of where we are, isn't it? Sorry, sorry. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it, it, that's it. it. It shows the, you know, it shows the impact of 19 and what we're going through as a, as human beings today. It's just mental. Mm. So talking the human being, I'd, I'd love like to hear a little bit. Sorry. Sorry, I interrupted no, you there. Yeah. No, just talking the human being part, I'd love to hear a little bit about, you know, what's a day for you? You, you live down in Biarritz on, on the coast. You're a keen surfer yeah. and, and, and you love the outdoors and everything. But, what, you know, what is day to day for, for you and your team? You, I know you're a very passionate 
uh, supporter of your team um, and, and you've got a wonderful team uh, of, of about 20 that you spoke about. But what, what's a day in the life of Pierre and, and your Newco team? Um, so it's not so much about me, but I'm, I'm very privileged. Uh, I live in a great area, so I've got, I'm surrounded by nature, so I really can't complain. And I'm not really affected by that lockdown, honestly. It doesn't change a lot, except that I can't surf, but I think there's more important thing on earth than surfing, you know? <laughs> uh, however, just like you said, I think, um, these days emphasized how anxious I am for my team as always, you know, cause, uh, I believe that Nico is a, is a vehicle for, for the people that join my project to, to become, you know, better people. Uh, when you come at Nico, you will be challenged, but in a very positive way, because I believe that we usually, you know, uh, in Europe or at, le at least in France, things, you know, are made so that you are, uh, you would stay in your comfort zone. So Nico is kind of the, you know, the opposite of that. I'll challenge, challenge you all the time. And that's easy to do when you have someone with you, you know, when you have your team with you at the office. So I'm, I'm taking the opposite here and I'm actually dedicating 30, 45 minutes, sometimes even an hour a day with one of my teammates. So every day I'll call someone in the office, I mean, in the team, sorry. <laughs> And uh, I'll spend some time with them, not to talk about business, but making sure they're doing okay. Uh, they've got everything they need and, you know, they, they go out. Because we're only allowed to go out for an hour a day. But I always insist on the fact that they should do it. It's yeah. very important. Mm -hmm. And there's no risk of doing it if, you know, if you maintain your, your social distance and stuff. So I'm, I'm really emphasizing that part of my management today. I really want to make sure they're going to go, you know, they're going to go through this okay and also reassuring them about the future that it may, you know, it may last four to six months. We'll still be there and they'll still have, you know, a job after that. And I want to make sure they know that and that I'm dealing with this. I don't want them to stress about it. And I want them to, you know, focus on work and do whatever they can, you know, to improve the business and, more than anything be you know be good human beings good parents and you know when they have kids and stuff so that's why yeah, yeah that's why my main focus is as a as a business owner today wonderful yeah. Re really important really important and, and and great to hear and and i guess you know there must be plenty of challenges and you know right now you you spoke early on of you know 15,000 reg a day to 150. I would imagine like any businesses around the world, cash flow may be a challenge, albeit, you know, you were telling me that yeah. the government in France has been incredible and supportive, but what, yeah. what would you say some of your biggest challenges are at the moment? Uh, you know, obviously looking after your staff is a priority. It brings challenges with it, but what, what would be the biggest challenges that, you know, hopefully not keeping you awake at night, but what, what's, uh, what are some of the things that you focus on? What I'm focusing on is um, a couple of things is one is how to make uh, how to make that experience as positive as possible from a business standpoint. So uh, where should I put my focus on in terms of product? Uh, one of the one of the things that take me a lot of time as well is spending time with event directors on the phone, supporting them, helping them, uh, giving them advice, sharing their knowledge. Because, you know, Nuco is at the crossroad of everything. I mean, we, we get all these events, you know, coming at us with all their refunds and cancellations or postponements. Well, we go further than that. And I, and I try to 
you know, to tell them what we, what we see on the market and, uh, you know, give them some advice, some data, um, you know, about how, how participants behave and, and so on. So, you know, typically that was one of the things that I noted today for the industry is uh, we did a survey across uh, hundreds of events uh, all around Europe. And uh, we've got about, so depending on the size and the sports, the number may vary. But uh, we've got about 50 to 60% of participants uh, would ask for a refund today. Would uh, ask when for they a were given the Yeah, yeah right. they would ask right. for a refund. Yeah. Uh, we've got 30 to 35% of them uh, okay with a deferral in, in the event that the actual race is postponed. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we've got like 5 6% of people making donations to the events. And I'll come back to that uh, later on. And then we've got, a, we got a, a, a small percentage of people just not saying anything. They just, they just don't care, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So yeah, the challenge is, uh, yes, to support event directors as much as we can, because I think we, we have that responsibility as a platform that sees a lot of things. And we, we, more than ever, we have a responsibility to tell other event directors what was going on and, you know, give them sort of guidance to make the best decisions you know about their events because it's you know the calendar is jam-packed it's it's completely crazy all the all the races are postponed on the second semester uh it's gonna it's gonna hurt the events that are taking place on the uh on the second semester you know um so um, it's going to be it's going it's, it's gonna be rough like i think you know People are going to be scared of running in, in mass participation events. That's number one. Yeah, that's uh, certainly one of the themes that, are, that we're hearing on our regular strength in numbers calls is like, you know, the fear, fear of participants. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're very fortunate with the French government, but most people are going to be hurt financially, like big time. So yeah. I don't think your priority will be to enter a marathon or even a half marathon, you know. So money will be an issue. Mm. Uh, then you've got another factor, which is the lack of training. Yeah. People can't, you know, people can't train. So how can you commit to anything if you haven't trained for a while, you know? Totally. And, and the yeah. last one is just, you know, the calendar congestion. It's going to be mental, you know, yeah. it's completely packed. So yeah. it's going gonna, it's gonna to impact the industry for, I think, all of 2020. I mean, all of 2020 is going to be weird in some ways you know yeah they, they certainly, certainly seems to be the case yeah yeah uh, no, no doubt and then suppliers like you caught in the middle and you know you, you've spoken a lot about clearly you know partnership with your staff partnership with the industry partnership with event organizers i'm interested in one of the questions i pose is is there anything that you've learned about yourself while you've been in this you know covid imposed lockdown that that's kind of surprised you um I'd say one of the things that I find interesting about that um, situation, that lockdown, is that you, you, you spend your life, um, you know, trying to find a balance in everything that you do. And, and that balance may come from, you know, anything, uh, running, cooking, doing yoga. For myself, it's mostly surfing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, traveling. And all of a sudden, uh, you have to adapt because uh, the things that you put in place 
to maintain your balance are gone. Mm, and you've got these point. constraints around you, you know, that you, you have to adapt to. And um, while it wasn't really a challenge, I took it as a, you know, an experience, uh, you know, an ex and, and I'm actually experimenting new things, you know, at home. Like I'm reading a lot of books on, on the Zen, you know, and, and I found out, you know, something that keeps coming back about Zen is that uh, you should sleep when you're tired. You should eat when you're hungry. You know, like fundamental things, right? Yeah. These yeah. are the things that you can't really do, you know, if you've got your normal life. Mm. You've got lunches, you've got dinners with clients. You know, you always have something. And actually, with that lockdown, you can do a lot more introspection than you would usually do. It's a lot easier. So I know it's a, it might be a big challenge for a lot of people, but I found that very interesting. And typically, my diet has changed, mm. you know? Because I'm just because I'm home every day, all day. I'm like, okay. Wonderful. Yeah. No, that's some, some great insights. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. That's uh, there's many great opportunities that come out of it, and I think a lot of them are personal. Let's talk about when you talk about opportunities. You're you're a, you're an innovator in the industry. You've done some amazing things with your platform. What are some of the innovations that you've seen that uh, that have interested you and 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 and, uh, and, and inspired you? I guess. Um, definitely the, the virtual races, you know, virtual runs, uh, both from a uh, technology standpoint, because I'm, I'm, I'm a geek and I just love that stuff and I'm always curious about how it functions, but also how it translates to people and how people are actually using them and, and why they're actually using them. So I don't have any like amazing conclusion, you know, to put together today uh, with you, but I'm spending a lot of time on these virtual races, trying to understand the unconscious mechanism behind it and why would people do that? Um, what are the, the things that work and don't work? Is there any gamification that could be brought into the virtual runs and stuff like that? And I've seen a lot of you know, uh, positive stuff and, and the response from, from athletes has been amazing. So, you know, Events cannot take place, but we live in a wonderful world because today people can, I mean, are happy apparently to take on virtual races, virtual runs. That's amazing. It know? is amazing, isn't it? And it's, it's going to be really interesting. I think, you know, like you say, you're doing lots of research. Many are, you know, fast forward two years, three years, four years, whether they'll still be a part of, part of our life. So that'll be interesting to see. I, we can we can talk yeah. for for hours. It's uh, I always find it fascinating and interesting <laughs> to talk to you. But uh, the clock's ticking, and I'd love to, you know, give you give you one last question. And that's uh, you know, what inspires you? Uh, you know, what's inspiring you on a daily basis? What uh, is is something you've seen in the industry, or something that you take for inspiration? You talk about your personal thing of being more Zen and whatever. But is there one particular inspiring story that you'd love to share with the listeners that we could end off on? Uh, yeah, as a cup of inspiration, I think I'd like to uh, I'd like to mention participants' behaviors when they're given when they're given the chance to choose between a refund, a deferral, or a donation to the event. And while it's still a small percentage, it shows how great of a community we're in. And it's not just about the participant. It's not just about putting an event together. It's you know it's that sense of community. And I'm. Um, and I'm overwhelmed when I see all these participants donating their registration fees to uh, 
you know, to their small events because, because they, they need it to survive. And, and I found that a wonderful gesture. Uh, it reminds us that, you know, sports is fundamental in our lives. And, um, and that, you know, we, we can all make, you know, some small efforts to, you know, to make sure that we'll have all these great experiences again. So I would, I'd like to thank, to thank all the participants for donating their fees to, uh, to the events because events are really struggling in these days uh, and they need all the support they can get. It is not easy to put an event together. It's one of the most challenging thing. It is very rewarding, but for that it needs to happen. So every little helps and I wanna, yeah, I wanna thank participants who do that. It's what a great wonderful. thing to end on. It's so, it's so good. Yeah. And, and look, this is about community. I mean, we, we will get through this. Um, you know, the world will get through this. The mass participation industry will get through it. And community is coming through strong. Pierre, just uh, so wonderful. Thank you. Great, as always, to talk. Thanks for your time. Thanks for those wonderful insights. I'm sure the listeners are going to love it. Uh, great to see you. Thank you so much. Anytime, Chris. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.